My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com, the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestling, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host Rafe Houston and today I am joined by a very special guest. He is the GCW Ultraviolet Champion and also three-time Tournament of Survival winner. It is Alex <laughs> fucking Cologne. How are you today, sir? What's, what's going on, man? Uh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm <laughs> recovering, obviously, still, but uh, I'm not doing too bad. Dude, I... Um, I am in Perth, Western Australia, so I woke up at 3 a.m. to watch Tournament of Survival uh, go down. <laughs> it was rough, I, I, I won't lie. There was a few times when I was sitting there and, and I was nodding off, but, but one match I wasn't nodding off in was was your final, and that's for damn sure, man. That was a tour de force, and, and I have to say, what like an amazing tournament in general. How did it all play out for you, man? Like, You, you happy with how it all went down? Yeah, uh, I was a little nervous. Uh, I don't know if you watched last year's uh, mm-hmm. Tournament of Survival, I but uh, I blew my gas tank out in that first match, and uh, the rest of the tournament I was literally struggling. <laughs> right, that was with Schlack, I, I barely yeah. made it out of it. Yeah. Yeah, me and Schlack. Yeah, yeah. Um, I barely made it out of uh, the last two rounds of that one because Schlack had just, like, completely spent everything I had in one <laughs> round. <laughs> so, uh I remember kind of kind of thinking that right, like so. Again, I, I did sort of the same thing last year, and that that Schlack match was so killer and so brutal. And then as your other matches went on, I, I went, man, something's going on with Alex. Like he must be like carrying something or, or something's going on because I, I could tell you weren't running at full capacity. No, not at all. <laughs> no, I was pretty spent. But uh, this year I was actually pretty good, <laughs> which was was good to go. Uh, I just played it right, you know. Um, and trained as hard as I could going yeah. up to the show, so yeah. I felt good going into this tournament. Absolutely, man. I, f- I felt like you told, like, an amazing story, and the evolution from, like, the previous year and stuff was just killer, man. Like, I really enjoyed it, and I felt like the the whole three-peat story and, like, the the way you told that and, like, the evolution in your matches, like, and, and finishes and stuff were, were just so killer. So I, I just uh, can't really say enough to anybody about watching that. How how's everything uh, looking now for the the coming stuff with with the GCW landscape? I know you were throwing out some challenges and some different things were happening. Uh, so you're feeling good about all that? Yeah, uh, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, winning TOS three times in a row isn't easy. So yeah. so any hard challenge that comes my way, I'm going to take it head on at this point. Yeah. Uh, I have nothing to lose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, I, I mean, I don't know how else to explain it, because I've wrestled the champion before. I wrestled Nick Gage before. Yeah. Uh, so, me wrestling him again wouldn't be my first rodeo, and I've, I learned a lot from that first time. Uh-huh. So, I'm hoping at some point soon I could get another go. I mean, I know he's got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. You know, when I got on the mic, I basically said, hey, when you're free, because I know he's busy with Matt Cardona, John Moxley, whoever else comes out of the woodworks and gets released off the TV or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, uh, I'm I'm going to be here. I'm, I'm a GCW guy right now i'm gonna be here i'm not going anywhere clearly uh this is my home you know and i i'm built i'm building this temple and you know what i mean like i'm about to show nick gage who the king really is yeah that's just the way i see it yeah that's it like it it's kind of interesting because you know nick gage is this, this big name and there's been all the documentaries and he's doing all this stuff but then, like, while he's been out and injured and stuff like that, Alex has just been slowly, like, just, like you say, building and building and building. And there's going to be a point where he can't deny it. So <laughs> that's going to roll through. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, just to, to throw it in there, like, we all know how popular Nick Gage is. You, cannot, you can't expect, as somebody who's standing across the ring from him, to uh, expect to be, I guess, the the more, uh, I don't want to say quote-unquote over, but the, the more popular person in the ring at that moment. He's obviously 100% going to be that person, even when we step in there for a second time. But but the difference now is I have more experience. You know, I've been building steam, and, and it's just going to come to a head. And I think when we, we get that fateful day, that night, whatever, um, I'll definitely be ready, and I'm going to give him a challenge he hasn't had in a while. Yeah, boy. It's not often that somebody can stand in the ring winning a tournament three years in a row and people chatting best in the world and be denied, you know. So I, I really look forward to that coming through. So so take me through a little bit, buddy. So we, this is literally our first time speaking and, and we, we don't go back very far. But how does the the journey to the best deathmatch wrestler in the world start for you? So rewinding back to maybe the things that, that dragged you into wrestling, uh, some of the the faces in wrestling that that appealed to you. How how did you begin your journey? Uh, my my whole journey, just in general, was catching uh, combat zone wrestling on public access mm-hmm. uh, in my younger years uh, when it was first sparking out around like two thousand two thousand and one. Uh-huh. Um, that's when I found like this style of deathmatch. Clearly, we all at some point a lot of us have stumbled into FMW DVDs uh, things. You know, Hayabusa, Onita are they they transcend generations. Yeah. Because they're they're faces that that at least my generation knows from seeing uh, DVDs and Sam Goodies and such and such. Uh, those are video stores out here, or they used to be. But um, you know, uh, those were kind of the, my first journey into deathmatching. But like the new generation of deathmatch stuff, it was CZW for me. Uh, catching it on public access uh, in New Jersey, where it, where it was happening at that time. And um, that's where it kind of first grabbed me. Uh, it, when I started training, it really didn't it didn't really hit right away. Like yeah. I wanted to get into CCW as a deathmatch wrestler, I guess more more so hardcore. Uh-huh. Um, but when I got into training, my whole psychology changed, and I just focused more on the wrestling for a while. Um, and funny story, uh, Lobo of CCW Famous, who initially helped get me Joe Gacy, a bunch of uh, the other guys uh, into the CCW school when it first reopened. Uh, in the mid two thousands, so that that's actually a funny story. Great guy, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh kind of how I got into wrestling. And then deathmatch wise, uh, I'm trying to think of time frame, maybe two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. Things were just not working out for me. 
yeah. uh, in CCW, politics or, or what have not, people not liking me, whatever, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like floated away for a little bit. And Danny Havoc was the one to reach out to me. Yeah. Send me a text message, an email, call me. And he kind of basically brought me back into the fold slowly. I had my spots here and there. It didn't really uh, stick. And uh, when he got me, he's actually the one who really pushed for me to get into GCW, got me that, got me onto his show in Wisconsin. Uh, eventually, it kind of stemmed off and again, opportunity to go to New Jersey for GCW. And um, they just, uh, you know, uh, one thing led to another. The wheel keeps moving and uh, things just got bigger. Yeah. And you just talked to it. Did you find, uh, like, how's that that first sort of deathmatch experience? So it's something that you're you're obviously into. You, you've watched, you've liked, and, and you haven't tried it before. And he he reaches out to you. Is it like a just a, a step in with some simple stuff, or were you like straight into the deep end? How did you go? To me, straight. You, if you're gonna do something, you have to do it 180. Yeah. percent um, If you're gonna do deathmatch wrestling, you can't tiptoe. Yeah. Even I knew that back when I first started uh, dipping my toes in. I knew if I was gonna go into the water, I had to just jump in both feet first yeah. automatically. And uh, you you can see that if you watch me and Danny Havoc from that CZW show, Night of Infamy. I can't remember the year. Yeah. Um, it was like my first official light tube deathmatch. Yeah. And um, I spared no expense, and we kind of went balls to the wall. I didn't hold back anything. I didn't tiptoe around stuff. Um, that's just the way I felt about because I'm very passionate about deathmatch wrestling. Even at that time, I was very passionate. Like anytime there was deathmatches going on, I was glued to the monitor. You know, I was paying attention. I was I was friends with a whole bunch of the deathmatch guys. Um, it's just at that time, my mindset was very much, you know, stick to wrestling, learn how to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Maybe eventually down the line, the uh, the evolution of me will turn into a deathmatch wrestler, which actually was was um, you know not to throw this out there, but like a lot of my thinking towards the end of my first run in CCW as a regular wrestler, I kind of wanted to start dabbling into the hardcore because I felt like the evolution of me as a character or as a person was kind of leaning that way. It just never worked out, so I just kind of like fell off for a while. And then when I came back as a deathmatch wrestler, it was something Danny Havoc knew that I kind of wanted to do, yep. but it just, the opportunity wasn't there, and he was the one to open his hand out of everybody first and, and offer that chance to uh, make me a star. And he did. He made me a star, 100%. Yeah. And I, I suppose it helps as well, like, uh, having your first one with somebody like that that you trust, right? Like, uh, you you and Danny oh, yeah. have been friends for a long time, yes? Yeah? So you're like, I'm going balls to the wall, but I know that this is a, a guy that, I can trust. Yeah, well, what what now? A lot of people don't know what they don't know is uh, Danny Havoc was one of my first singles matches. Oh, really? Uh, uh, well, yeah, a student show for CCW called NBA, mm-hmm. um, and I got the opportunity to have a singles match, and Danny Havoc was one of the first guys I got to wrestle in a singles match, mm-hmm. um, which was a learning experience, to yeah. <laughs> say, say the least. But, uh, you know, I always felt like we were cool. We didn't really get close, close until a year, obviously years later when he reached out to me and um, he, he tried to help me, which was really out of the blue for me. And uh, it meant the world. And um, even, you know, a God rest his soul to this day. Like uh, I can't, I feel like I can't thank him enough in so many words for, uh, for essentially doing me the favor that so many people were unwilling to do during that hard time in my wrestling career where I, where I wanted to quit and I wasn't sure about what I wanted to do with myself. Not a lot of things were going on uh, wrestling-wise, and I was ready to step away. And he was really that person that, that was willing to extend his hand in, in friendship as, as well as like a family aspect. Yeah, that's so awesome, man. You just keep 
hearing story after story like that from him. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's such a tragedy, like, uh, yeah, rest in peace, Daddy Havoc, because, he, like, anybody that tells a story about him seems to be that same sort of thing. He was the guy for me when things weren't going and he reached out and just over and over again. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was definitely the case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Japan. So Japan's very close yeah. to me. Um, I've been there many times. I love traveling there, catching new Japan shows. It's also where I was first exposed to deathmatch wrestling. I, um, we, we had gone to a Wrestle Kingdom and we were just looking for stuff to do, you know, catch Corican Hall shows, whatever. And we went to like a, uh, what was it? It was a zero one show because uh, the wrestler Chris Vice was on it, and we know his sister, and she was like, "You should go." When we were there, they were handing out all the flyers, and there was a flyer for Big Japan the next night. Never seen a death match mm-hmm. before in my entire life, uh, and the headlining match is like you know, hundred light tube death match. It's Ooh. Abdullah Kabashi and um, oh, literally, I butcher his name every single time. Takeda's partner from the Crazy Lovers is it? Sue, anyway, people screaming at the monitors. I'm very sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And so I go to my wife and my friend that we're there. I'm like, yo, do you guys want to go catch another show? They're like, absolutely. And I'm like, this one's got death matches on it. I've never seen it before. Do you guys think you'd be cool with something like that? They're like, yeah, whatever, we go see it. And dude, that that match like was just crazy. Like the the visceral impact of the light tubes and the – the crowd and people get covered in glass. They're wearing ponchos in the front row and stuff like that. It it was the moment I was like, "What are death matches and what is this?" You know, you you yeah, have obviously yeah. wrestled in Japan now. When you did mm-hmm. those GCW shows, was that your very first foray to Japan, or had you been before then, or was that really like the you know the the first time for you? No, the the uh, first tour GCW went over there uh, for was uh, my first opportunity to go to Japan. Amazing. Japan was actually my my final goal in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, that I wanted to uh, compete. So it was like the one thing where I was like, I don't know if this ever is ever gonna happen. Uh, it it's been on my my must to do. Like I always had. There was three things I wanted to do in wrestling. The other two I I had finished at that point. And I was like, I don't know if Japan's gonna happen. And when it finally happened, it was just very surreal, because it's it, in my eyes at least, it's literally everything every wrestler tells you about. Because in the states. In the States at some point, like, or not at some point, but when I first started wrestling in the States, wrestling was primarily a weekend thing, at least in the East Coast. It wasn't until I moved to the Midwest that I found out that there was wrestling during the week. So I would do literally shows three times a week. And I was like, man, if you could only, like, make enough to actually, like, live off of this. And then I went to Japan and realized, hey, it's a job. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you could, yeah, you could wrestle multiple times throughout the, throughout the week and, uh, and do okay enough, at least, to make somewhat of some type of a living. And I'm like, man, and I wish. And it's just like they make you feel like such a star out there. Like, in, in the States, it's like, for a lot of wrestlers, at least, in the States, it's uh, you hide. You hide uh, the wrestler in you or you just you just hide as a wrestler period you when you're at your normal job and people are asking what you do on your spare time or why why do you hey why do you have all these cuts i'm not going to be oh i'm a wrestler you know that's not the first thing that comes out of my mind and that's not that or out of my mouth and that's not the first thing that comes out a lot of wrestlers mouths um you're always trying to sometimes a lot of people are trying to find excuses i'll make up a story i just don't want people to start asking a bazillion questions uh i don't know it's not much of an embarrassing thing more so as it is the uh, i don't need people in my business or or people inquiring too much uh because then my personal life kind of becomes more public yeah but uh yeah 
Japan, it was just like we were we were stars, and it was it was just a very surreal moment. Like I've never uh, I've never experienced something like that, and I've been to uh, England, Germany before, and that was really that was a really great experience as well. But like Japan was just on a whole nother level. They're such a respectful culture, uh, and and so genuinely interested in what people do, and also like. Um, yeah, they're, they're really not a judgmental people either. And and so if you're doing something like that, like you see, those guys are all so humble. They all work so hard and they're they're so like in tune with their fan base and so accessible to them uh, that it's just like this amazing vibe when you go there, right? Um, you guys mm-hmm. went to Shinkiba First String, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yep. and like that that venue, perfect example, right? Like it's just this little warehouse in like kind of the middle of nowhere. All the wrestlers, <laughs> like they have the tables out the front and everyone's selling their merch and speaking to everybody. They're selling drinks out of an esky. Like everybody's just like hanging out and stuff and it's just this like amazing place to go to, you know? And, and like you think when you're, you're dealing with uh, foreign wrestlers and especially, you know, intense wrestlers from freedoms and big japan that are doing death matches and stuff you think it's going to be this like intense environment but everybody's like laughing and having a good time and, and talking to everybody so it might it must have been like a little bit of a, a culture shock but but a very pleasant one for you oh yeah it was definitely it was a little bit different um you know but like i said going over there like in uh, a lot of wrestlers will test like you just go over there and you fall in love with it just the culture the way everybody is, like everybody's just so nice for the most part, um, you know, and and it's it's a, treated like a business out there. It's it's not looked at like some sideshow uh, freak thing or like oh hey this is it's it's theater arts. It's a physical theater arts over there. It's like it's sport, you know. It's a it's a legitimate business, and I just love that aspect about it. Yeah, it, it's a country that's very close to my heart, and yeah, we had been going. Yeah, last five years in a row, we would have been going, if not for COVID, we'd be there again, you know? we go, like, the last couple of Januarys for a full month-long trip, and we just plan it all ourselves. we go regional. We've just been making our way around the country, basically, you know? Like, from from Tokyo and around the bottom and the south, and just sort of, like, slowly making around and and seeing everything. Did you get a chance to do much sightseeing and stuff? No. I I really wish, because, obviously, I watch... I'm really big. I, I love Japan, so I like watch tons of stuff on like Japanese, uh, not just their culture, but like the environment, like the country itself. And um, there's always stuff. I'm like, oh, I wish I could have went to Kyoto, and I wish I could have went down to like Okinawa or, or like yeah. Sapporo up north. Yeah. I wish I could have did this and that, and like you just don't. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could have went to where Kawasaki Stadium used to be. Yeah. Like, <laughs> check that out. But like, yeah. there's no time. Like us being there, we're pretty much on a very tight schedule. Yeah. So it's it's we have uh, very little time off, and the time off we have, we're just seeing essentially what's around the Tokyo area. Yeah. Uh, and I don't get much time to do traveling, but like I'm hoping someday I can take a little bit of time to be like actually go out and see stuff that I want to see. Yeah, exactly. The one great thing about it, at least, is like you say, looking around Tokyo and stuff. You could literally, wherever you are, uh, and this goes for anybody, you could like be in Japan. You can walk out of your hotel and you can just start walking and there's stuff to see. You know, like block to block, it changes. You'll be walking to the city, then there's suddenly a temple. It's just. We walk everywhere as much as we can because it's just this like mm-hmm. amazing place. So I really hope you get to do that, man. I I know all this uh, COVID stuff has been absolutely rubbish, but I feel like we're heading towards the end of it, uh, and I I hope you get to do that and maybe even take your family and see it because it's a it's a pretty magical place, man. 
Oh, yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully for a third time at some point in life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So I'm obviously from Australia, but we have a mutual friend in the smash hit, Joel Bateman, uh, from Deathmatch mm-hmm. Down Under. Tell me a little bit about this Bloodfighter stuff, man. I noticed it popping up on his gear and was talking about it, that I saw it hitting on your merch and stuff like that. This is something you guys are, are working on? Yeah, me. Uh, well, I started uh, kind of like branding myself as as a blood fighter, not yeah. just the, because I wanted it to be like there could be multiple people involved at some point uh, in the evolution of whatever this this thing is. You know, yeah. uh, it's a term that I heard used by another wrestler, which I won't say his name because I honestly feel like he's the, he's not a nice person, <laughs> so I uh, I don't acknowledge him. Yeah. But uh, he used the term in a promo, and I thought that was the most amazing thing. And I remember, uh, I think I was having a conversation with Akira, and uh, I said, oh, I wanna do, I'm want i going to do this Bloodfighter thing. And I think he was thinking it at the same time, and I kind of beat him to it. And uh, I had shirts done, yeah. uh, and that was like the start of it. And then me and Joel started talking, and we came, we came together. We're, we're really good friends, so we came to the conclusion, hey, this would be really cool if we kind of made this into a brand. And that's like where we're currently at with it. Like uh, we're pushing out merch as much as we can, and we just started uh, pushing out this joint collab uh, for Bloodfighter, uh, which is out right now. So if anybody hears this and you're interested, hit us up online and definitely uh, push the pictures to you and stuff, and try to make a sale. Yeah, buddy. Um, okay. yeah, man. I saw the uh, collab shirt that you did with Joel, the like half half thing. Um, yeah, we sh- we share another mutual friend, Corey from uh, Deathmatch Worldwide. He yes, he yes. obviously prints your stuff for you, uh, and and he said, "Yeah, I, I run this stuff down to Alex." And he sent me a picture of like you guys with the shirt, right? And instantly, like I saw the the two skulls split, and I saw the flags, right? Um, and mm-hmm. I saw that Aboriginal flag. Uh, and instantly, like, uh, on my phone, I circled it and sent it to Joel. And I was like, yo, this you? <laughs> like, kind of thing, because I'd seen the the Bloodfighter thing on his head stuff, and he was like, oh, how'd you get that? Or whatever, we're, we're releasing it. So instantly, I was super excited. I've pre-ordered mine, and if anybody wants one, they should uh, contact uh, Alex and Joel and sort it out. Do you have a, a web address for it yet, or are you just guys sending them out via DMs and stuff? No, I yeah, I just I operate <laughs> I operate <laughs> on minimal standards. Yeah, uh, I got to tell people all the time I don't have a site I operate off of. Uh-huh. Um, MDK about MD the MDK all day site does push Alex Clomers, but the uh, Blood Fighter stuff is just it's basically me and Joel kind of starting from uh, scratch. And uh, building. This is kind of our first kind of joint venture, and hopefully we can kind of build it into something where we can, you know, like I just want it to be a brand, not just the wrestling brand, but just like in general, because Deathmatch fans, obviously, you have a lot of avenues right now in general, Deathmatch wise, to get merch and all this other stuff, but we want to make something real special. Yeah. So that that's our goal. And we're starting small and we're hopefully we could build it and make it something bigger in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, th- I think it's a cool ass name. Uh, I know, like, when Joel was getting announced, it, like, it was, like, representing Bloodfighter, and it's that kind of thing where you can put a stamp on people and sort of bring them kind of into the fold. Like, you see mm-hmm. other stuff like suplex wrestling and stuff like that. You see guys, they're not necessarily, you know, in a clique or whatever, or a faction or whatever, but you definitely see guys repping it on their gear and stuff. So I, I think there's legs in that, man. I think it'd be really cool. Oh, always. I feel like, and the death, you know, you would, I mean, everybody would know the deathmatch community is just so accepting. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I've not, I haven't heard any bad things, uh, so far. Uh, there was a little controversy with the shirt design, which I, I've completely flattened. Yeah, yeah. Once I got on social media, but, uh, 
in general, the the deathmatch community is very accepting, and I'm just hoping that it just this could be something people could kind of stick on to uh, with deathmatch wrestling and even uh, outside of deathmatch wrestling as well. Yeah, absolutely. It could be one of those things. It's just like a, a cool brand that people can wear as well, which is, which is awesome. Um, any, I mean, obviously travel is off the books, but um, yeah. any plans to, to get to Australia eventually? Is that something that interests you? Yeah, uh, me and Joel actually been talking about it for a while, and hopefully, uh, once everything opens up, yeah. um, I can show them my little piece of paper, and they can let me come over. Yeah, that's what's up. That's <laughs> you know, good to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think that would be amazing, man. Uh, I I imagine if you like, I know you're close with Joel, so you're probably up on the deathmatch down under product. But it's, it's been yeah. really impressive straight out the gate. Uh, absolutely killing it for them. Um, I'm very excited for their deathmatch tournament that's coming up, the Dream Tournament. Anybody check that out on IWTV when it comes out. And uh, I can only imagine a, a bunch of Dream matchups with yourself being involved. It would be pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm, and, and also just in general, because in the, in the States, we don't hear too much about wrestling in Australia. Yeah, no. I mean, I don't know how, how it is for you as, as somebody who's within the country wrestling-wise, but to hear that there's a promotion that does deathmatch wrestling over there, like it opens up, it just opens up so many doors for guys out here who have been wanting to, go, to come to Australia and uh and show their craft to to the country. So yeah. uh, as soon as I go out there, trust me, I've I already told Joe like like batting down the hatches, <laughs> uh, get get prepared because when I come out, I'm coming out for uh for war to have war with a lot of the guys. You guys like Mad Dog, Callum Butcher, Guido, Joel, obviously. You know I, I'm watching uh, girls like Charlie Evans and Vixen as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm, when I come out, I'm guns blazing. Uh, you're gonna get top notch Alex Cologne, 100. Oh, that's a that's amazing, man. Um, and to, to answer your question, in Australia, as far as Australian wrestling goes, you don't really hear about it too much. You know, there are um, there are definitely organisations like over here in Perth. We've got a couple, you know, a handful: Explosive Pro Wrestling, New Horizon Pro Wrestling, Schwa. Um, a few, but but it's not it's not huge here, you know. Uh, it's uh, I'm sure it's not as big as it is in America, definitely. And like you were saying at the start of the conversation, not really thing that people talk about and stuff. So when it speaks to uh, how accepting the deathmatch community was, that like the moment that Joel and the team come out and they announce like an actual dedicated deathmatch promotion, how accepting the entire world was to Deathmatch Down Under. It was just, everybody was on it. It's coming out on IWTV. It's Deathmatches in Australia. Let's go. Like, and it was amazing. And to the credit to them, they've uh, really um, taken advantage of that buzz and actually put out great shows with great production. So I think there's a lot to be said for that. Oh, 100%. Uh, I think their production value is amazing. You know, the way I told, like I told you all the time, the way he structures his cards with death matching and non-death matching, knowing kind of where to place everything, um, you know, and the, the caliber of talent he has on his shows, um, even some of the younger talent coming up, like he has, he has everything he needs to build a successful, successful promotion. Uh, and, you know, obviously being so close to Japan, like, you, he also takes cues from the Japanese style of deathmatching, mixing in your wrestling with your deathmatching, you know, knowing how to promote it that way and push everything in that direction. Uh, I think it's it's amazing. And, and trust me, I'm not the first guy to want to come over there to uh, wrestle for a promotion like that, and I'm not definitely not going to be the last. Yeah, I, I 
cannot wait, man. It's so, it's so weird that all this stuff, like <laughs> like any other era, uh, like it would have already happened. You know what I mean? Like the the buzz would have happened. You would already be here. It's so strange that we're dealing with all of this in a pandemic. It just seems surreal, right? Like where we're all like, oh well, one day when we can travel again, where any other era we just would have done it and it would be fine <laughs> it's kind of strange mm-hmm. yeah exactly makes me wishful like i was uh over with you guys a couple of years so 2019 i was in vegas uh i got married there it was amazing and we were like you know what next year we're going back wow. we're, gonna, we're gonna see more <laughs> so we're gonna see more of the states it's gonna be sick did you get did you get married by an elvis or something <laughs> i did not get married by an elvis but I did get married in the chapel that uh, Triple H uh, married Stephanie when he like wow. drugged her, and I was in a pink Cadillac, which is <laughs> which is pretty That's good. So so awesome. In the tunnel of love. So so we went over. It was our ten year anniversary, um, and my wife surprised me. She managed to get tickets to uh, All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing, Starcast, that whole deal. Hey, this will be cool. We'll go over. Kind of thing, and we were like blown away, and we were like, "If we're having a killer time, let's just get married. It'll be be awesome." You know, didn't really plan it yeah. or anything, and we did. We had an awesome time. It was just me and her, awesome. and just a week of partying and seeing wrestling and meeting people and stuff like that. And we went like the morning of that show, just dressed kind of like I am now, <laughs> and uh, yeah, sat in the back of a Cadillac, and this nice old gentleman asks us some facts about ourselves. He writes it all down on a sheet whips up a speech like that. Oh, and you guys know this and blah, blah, blah. And then there you go. And it was done. Took a photo of us with our own cameras and stuff. And we were out the door, man. And it was, it was awesome. It was, it was really cool. It, it doesn't, it doesn't count if she wasn't fake passed out next to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, <Triple> <laughs> I wanted her to do, I wanted her to pretend so I could just be like, I do, but <laughs> it didn't work out. So. <laughs> but yeah. And so, and then we, and then so we get back right uh and we didn't immediately like change names and do all that stuff in Australia because we had tickets to go to Japan to that next Wrestle Kingdom so yeah. we didn't want to change passports and do all that stuff so we're like cool we're going to go and and do that then covid happens uh and then we only just did all our Australian wedding stuff like Two weeks ago. So so we're only like officially Australian married as of a couple of weeks ago, but it's actually been like uh, two years. <laughs> exactly. So he waited to wow, two years. That's a strong wait. I know, right? Well, we wanted to like make a little bit of thing of it, not to do like a full ceremony, but we were like, when it clears up, we're gonna, you know, do a weekend to kind of go away and stuff, but it was just lockdowns at work and you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff. And so we, yeah, we just kind of never really got around to it. So it was good to finally hit that on the head, you know? <laughs> oh, 100. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, this isn't a marriage podcast. This is a wrestling podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of everything. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I try, I try and keep it, uh, I keep, try and keep it varied. With all that said, you have a few things coming up. We've got Masters of Pain tomorrow after the absolute yes. bloodbath that you went through at Tournament of Survival, how are you uh, feeling going into that one? Are we feeling confident? Uh, yeah, listen, anything can happen in these tournaments, so yeah. you never know. Uh-huh. So I don't put a stamp on anything right away. You, my TOS confidence is that's TOS. This is a whole different tournament. Yeah. Uh, you know, top-notch, A-plus guys in it. 
uh, I'm gonna have to bring my A game. You know, I'm not gonna say I'm a hundred percent because that would be lying to you in the public. But I'm, I feel like I'm good enough to get to where I need to be. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. You know, Absolutely. no promises, but also no regrets. Let's go. Yeah, that's it. Well, I think you've uh, got a pretty strong tournament resume. So we'll see how that yeah. that works out. Who do you have in the first round? Nolan Edward. I'm wrestling Nolan Edward in the first round. Okay, no worries. And you're obviously very familiar with Nolan going through him at Tournament of Survival. So. I'm sure he's going to be coming for blood, so we'll see how that works. Oh out. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm two and zero against Nolan, so yeah. Uh, you know, and my biggest concern is when you wrestle somebody so many times, eventually they pick up on the small things yeah. and they start to capitalize. Yeah. So, like going into this this uh, third match at Masters of Pain, like he may have learned a, a thing or two or three or four. So yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have to really change it up on him for him not to to get a whiff of uh, what I'm putting down because uh, it might end up with me flat on my back. If I uh, if I let it ease up just a little bit, so I'm gonna have to bring it to him 100. percent Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. He's uh, such a smart wrestler. Like he's he's been so impressive uh, in his, his recent rise that I, I think yeah he'll be he'll be one to watch going forward. He's very very impressive young man, right? Oh, 100. Uh, percent I actually watched Nolan Edward uh, wrestle for a smaller promotion. Uh, in the Midwest before he started doing his whole deathmatch stint. And even then, I thought he was an amazing wrestler. I was like, this kid's amazing. Like, I could see him being on TV uh, in the next few months. Yeah. You know, and then he started doing the deathmatch stuff, which, hey, to each their own. It's fine with me if if you want to go that path, but realize, like, there's a lot of sharks in this ocean. <laughs> so be prepared. He's yeah. got he's got, he's got got a new learning curve. It's one thing to have a learning curve with regular wrestling. It's another thing to have a learning curve with deathmatch wrestling. So, you know, there's a lot of sharks in that Masters of Pain uh, tank. It's going to be an interesting tournament. All sharks all day in, in that Masters of Pain mm-hmm. tournament. They didn't play any games with that lineup because it's just all superstars. So it's uh, one that I can't wait till they, obviously they're not streaming it live, but I can't wait until they release it because I think it's going to be a banger of a tournament. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And then what's up next for GCW, my man? Uh, GCW, I got, actually, well, one good thing I can bring up, I actually got announced for, uh, I guess GCW is doing a collaboration with Zona 23. I did say that. Uh, I'm announced to, I'm announced to wrestle Cyclope. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen Cyclope since my first tour, my first tour of Japan, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's been a while. We didn't wrestle then, and it's been, woof. It's been a while since the last time me and him have stepped in the ring against each other. Yeah. Um. So that could be uh that could easily be a banger of a match, especially in the junkyard. Yeah. It's kind of scary. Terrifying. <laughs> I watched that mini doc that uh, IWTV did with uh, Matt Justice, and I was like, Mexico's a pretty wild place. <laughs> like, no, it is. It is. <laughs> exactly. Have you been before? No, I've never. I've never been. I've always. I feel like Mexico's always like the elusive, uh, the elusive um, widow or the elusive bride that always runs away from me. Yeah. Um, I could just never. It, the opportunities have been there. It's just the timing or or something else just wasn't right for me. So this time it's actually lining up. And I'll get to go over there because I can't wait. Like they're, I think we're flying into Mexico City, and my first thought is I need to go to to uh, Arena Mexico. <laughs> I want to go to one of these little shops and uh, and you know browse around uh, by the masks stuff. and like, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eat street I'm, food. Listen, I wrestle. Yeah. I wrestle, but I'm still a wrestling fan. Yeah, at yeah, heart. yeah. So I'm all about it. 
No, that, that's amazing, man. Hey, so uh, as we start to wrap up here, I, I've been playing a game when I remember uh, with my guests where I ask them what they're feeling in wrestling at the moment. Obviously, you're probably feeling yourself quite a lot after, <laughs> after all these recent <laughs> wins and stuff. But if you were going to recommend anything to anybody right now, if someone was like, hey, man, what are you digging in wrestling at the moment? What would you say? I don't like mine myself, like yeah. my stuff, or, yeah. or just in general. Or, or my ju- stuff. Just, just anything really. It could be a match that you've had. It could be a thing, or maybe you caught somebody else's match. Or say, I love this because I get to put somebody on the spot, and then they're like, ah. <laughs> "There's a there's a lot of a lot of great talent." Uh, I think GCW is really pushing out a great product right now. I would definitely push people towards GCW American wise. Freedoms in Japan is another freedoms is really pushing out. They're pushing out an American style product. Yeah. I know uh, probably you'll agree. If you watch them on a regular, I watch them on a pretty regular basis when they push stuff out uh, to the inter or it gets leaked in the interweb. Like their stuff's really kind of like it has a, an American style pacing, which I'm like starting to love. I feel like BGW is kind of in the background a little bit. Freedoms is is kind of pushing ahead. Yeah. Um. And then obviously in Australia, uh, Deathmatch Down Under. If you guys want to check out a Deathmatch product with a lot of story, rhyme, reason, great production. You know, solid workers who all put in a hundred and eighty percent into their matches. Definitely check out Deathmatch Down Under. So the, those are like I think my three right now that you can pay attention to. Uh, hopefully uh, Europe opens up soon because I know Europe has a lot of great promotions. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunately with COVID they've really come down on shutdowns. So. Yeah, exactly, and and hard to even find where to find anything. You know when they're when they're that locked down. Look, Alex, thank you so much for carving some time out of your day to speak to me. Um, it's really appreciated. I have had a great time talking to you. Tell the people where to find you on social media and uh, where to hit you up to get this blood fighter gear. Uh, if you want to find me, hit me up about merch. Your best bet's going to be on Twitter at AlexCologne0139. Um, I'm always on Twitter. You can look me up on Facebook, but it may take time for me to get back to you because literally I'm barely ever on Facebook. I might be on Facebook Messenger. So you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, Alex Cologne 0139, or you could just look me up, Alexander Cologne. Um, I'm on there somewhere. So, But Twitter would be the best bet. I don't do Instagram. <laughs> I, I do do email, but that's for uh, business purposes. <laughs> so uh, you get that Twitter. Twitter's the way to go. Alex Cologne 0139, people remember that. That's it. That's where you find the man himself. Everybody, thank you for listening. Alex Cologne, thank you for your time. And everybody thank out you. there, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks everyone for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter at FacesFeelsCast, and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling.
Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Ah!